This episode of Pots vs. Pizza was originally recorded February 14th of 2018. It was posted April 16th of 2018. This is your official spoiler warning. If you have not seen this movie, please check it out before we completely ruin the plot for you. But I mean, if you don't care about spoilers, then, you know, just uh, check it out. You know. Yeah. Peterson. I'm Alex Fonda. And we're here today for your favorite show, Pots vs. Pete's. The Marvelous Morons. <laughs> and today we have a special movie for you, movie review of Iron Man 3, semicolon. This one also doesn't have a semicolon. Yeah, the Iron Man movies don't have semicolons and it bothers me. Like, I don't know, the first one obviously doesn't need one, but, like, every other movie except for Guardians of the Galaxy has one, and except for this one, and it's so weird. I don't know why they did it this way, but whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like the angry video game nerd, like, uh, uh, chronologically confused videos are, are, are right in the fact that, like, you... Like, the numbers are just convenient to know which one comes after which, you know? That's that's true. Like, if you're looking at the store, like, if you like, whatever, like, imaginary video store that people actually go to anymore. But, like, if you saw them in a row, you would know that, like, this one is, you know, one and two and then three. Or, it's like, or even, yeah. like, on digital movie libraries, if you alphabetize them and they have the subtitle, it'll sometimes put, like, you know, the third one first and then the second or, like, you know, it mixes them up easily, so... Well, um, I'm looking at the Harry Potter books right now on my shelf, and, um, you know, each book has the year in a square. Like, it goes Harry Potter and the uh, Goblet of Fire, and there's a big old uh, year four in a square right there, so you know that's the fourth book. Yeah, that's pretty nice. So it's, it's a good yeah, way to do so, it. It's uh, a convenient way, so... so. Um, again, this is a reminder to we're building up to Avengers 3 Infinity War, uh, the story where all the Marvel characters are looking for Marvin Acme and Stan Lee's will, uh, with the whole plot being, will Tony Stark actually find it in time, and will he be able to save Marvel Land? <laughs> oh, I didn't know that's what the plot was. Yeah, that's actually what it is. It's a, it, I, it's a I thought it was Rick from Pawn Stars uh, <laughs> uh, found the Infinity Gauntlet. It was saying, no, I can't do that. Yeah, so, 250's too high. So, <laughs> All the Marvel characters are just in like storage wars, and they're all arguing with each other and trying to like buy out like a bunch of like memorabilia. Bill Coulson's there with like the like trading cards, like I will pay a billion dollars for that. Phil, you don't have a billion dollars. I'll do it anyways. Like whatever. Bill Coulson is dead. I am only going by Joss Whedon credibility. Phil Coulson is the deadest thing that's ever died, and I am sticking to it. Yeah, it works better if he has like i like him in agents of shield but yeah he's um, unfortunately in the rest of these movies he's dead yes he's done he's done unless he shows up and like you know to be the person who gives the will in avengers 3 he's he's not coming back <laughs> all right so just for a reminder on everybody on what the show's about uh i am kirk peterson i do not uh 
I wouldn't say I dislike all of the MCU, but MCU in general, uh, sometimes spout out not my favorite movies and, uh, and you know, that's just how I am and how I'm wired. I, I tend to like, uh, the more of the X-Men Marvel films than I do, uh, with the MCU and stuff like that. Well, Potabomb here is yep. a big fan of the MCU. I am. Uh, I so, think Kirk's love of the X-Men has to do with the leather suits, but you know what? We're not going into that. No, not... I mean, I'm, we'll talk about that when I'm, we finally do the X-Men. I am totally kidding, but yeah, it's it's that. <laughs> Guys, it's that. It's it's I, all of I, that. I have unconditional love for leather. I've loved leather since Michelle Pfeiffer <laughs> with Catwoman. Uh, Did I you think not... Pfeiffer? Pfeiffer. <laughs> Okay, I thought you said Piper. What is? What are you talking about? I, I did Piper. say Piper. I did say Piper. <laughs> the P is not silent in that one. Like, <laughs> like I mean, but the pterodactyl's right. It's it's definitely Piper. Pterodactyl. <laughs> Anywho, so we're here. We're both excited for uh, Avengers three. I think that trailer looked incredible. Uh, the Super Bowl spot didn't really look all too impressive to be honest it was just kind of like it, it was just another trailer it was, yeah it was, it was just like it was coming. cool because we're like yeah we get adventure stuff but like and it showed more yeah. of like the people working together but it was just kind of like oh this movie's coming out it doesn't have a big wow of like the first trailer where you're like oh my god all these people are showing up yeah right so we're here um, also it was a tide so- ad so i mean Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeesh. It was a tight that ad. That tight ad was pretty funny. So yeah. We're all here. We're going to be uh, celebrating and kind of uh, getting ourselves uh, pumped up for this movie by reviewing every single MCU movie up until the release of the movie of, of Avengers uh, Infinity War. And from there, we'll rank them uh, from one to five stars. One stars meaning we hated it. The fifth star means we absolutely love it. It's one of our favorites. Um is there anything else we need to talk about on in terms of the show and introduction stuff? Not at all. Uh, we got we, we then, more than uh, got it. It is your turn to do a synopsis and uh, let you do your thing. All right. Uh, so to this week we have Iron Man three. So after the events of the Avengers, Tony is left with severe PTSD. Um, and has been habitually building Iron Man suits and ignoring all the personal stuff in his life, including his girlfriend, Pepper Potts. When everything is systematically torn from him by the Mandarin, Tony Stark must rebuild himself and stop the Mandarin from doing terrorist things. Yeah, pretty much. Yep. Spoiler alert, the Mandarin's not the Mandarin. Yep. And then he says a cheesy line that makes everyone think he is a Mandarin, and it confuses everybody. So we'll get oh, into that. What, what cheesy line is that? I'm Trevor. It's it's when it's when Guy Pierce is like, okay, so the main oh, story oh, is Guy Pierce saying, yeah, I'm Guy Pierce saying I'm the Mandarin. It's just oh, sure. we'll get to that, but like, yeah, it's just what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought you were talking about uh, uh, Ben Kingsley. No, no, no. Trevor Slattery saying he's the Mandarin is like definitely makes way more sense because that was the oh, acting yeah. role he did. Yeah, totally. Okay, so, all right, we're going to be on our way to the goods. Uh, Kirk, and I think start. that's my first to do it. My, time, yep. uh, my my turn to do it first today. So, I'm going to be completely honest. I forgot to write these things down during work today. <laughs> uh, it was kind of a busy... You fool. Yeah, it was kind of a busy... I tried to start up a conversation 
uh, with one of my work buddies that uh, really likes the MCU, and we're I was trying to talk about the movie. Uh, all he really said that I remembered was that he didn't like Guy Pierce, uh, which is interesting because I actually do like Guy Pierce. That wasn't one of my three main points, though. Um, I wrote the goods, but I couldn't uh, uh, think of the bads exactly. So uh, the good things is I think uh, I like the fact this was a contained mystery story at the heart of this movie. Um, it really does not rely on anything beforehand except the Avengers. You need to, to see the Avengers to see where uh, Tony's anxiety is coming from. And the fact that he doesn't know everything in the world uh, kind of gets him very anxious. And uh, seeing him with panic attacks and all that stuff is really cool. Uh, with that, the tone of this movie is one of the best of the whole series. It really... Uh, does a great job of managing the funny moments with the dark moments and sometimes they even intertwine Shane Black's been um I should say this without uh with also prefacing on saying that I haven't seen the Shane Black movie except Lethal Weapon I think is the only one uh that I've seen that he wrote uh there was probably more of them that he's written that I didn't know about uh but from what I understand Shane Black does a lot of dark comedy uh black comedy humor uh, the one scene in Kiss Kiss uh, Bang Bang that I see all the time is when Robert Downey Jr. takes the revolver and, and spins it around to, to shoot uh, the guy they're interrogating and then accidentally lets the bullet uh, go and, and, and kill the guy. Uh, and uh, he's just like, what were the chances? I didn't know what the chances were going to be. I didn't think it was going to go off on, on that one. Um, and that, you know, very funny move, uh, moment, but also a very dark moment. So... Uh, this movie has moments of, of dark humor in there as well that I think were really great. Um, uh, but at the same time, a lot of dark dramatic moments uh, were very separate from the comedic moments. And it found the right way to balance that rather than uh, having one overturn the other or uh, destroy the, the emotion that was built up from the previous scene. Yeah, agreed. It it does a good job of like not. It's still quippy because it's Tony Stark and Iron Man and Robert Downey Jr. I I don't think literally cannot quip. Like I don't think you can put him in right. a room for half an hour and he can never quip. Like I'm pretty sure he'd die before that would happen. Like his body would just yeah. explode. Uh, so you're always gonna have that. But yeah, it does a good point of um doing that, and letting dark events be dark and sad. Um and uh this will be one of my goods too. But it also has like a bunch of that fun. It's not dark humor, but it's, like, very not uh, conventional kid humor uh, or, like, yeah, conventional, like, movie. humor. Appropriate or... humor. And, <laughs> and, and especially when it comes to the kid, uh, which I'll just say that I don't, oh, I, don't yeah. why, I don't know why people hate the kid. I've had so many people, like, the kid's stupid. It's like, so at one point, Tony Stark essentially, after the Mandarin destroys his house and pretty much all of his stuff... Uh, he ends up going to Tennessee um, before he got attacked. He's It's complicated. But anyways, there's a part of the detective mystery is in Tennessee. And he goes right. there and <laughs> breaks into a house in Tennessee, which I don't know who all, like, if anybody lives in the South, I think, or, like, just conventionally thinks about breaking into a house in the South is, like, the worst idea you could possibly do. Because the yeah. fact that he was met with a kid with a potato gun and not some crazy adult, drunk adult with a shotgun is the luckiest thing that'll ever happen in this entire series. Like, <laughs> bar none, the fact that he was not killed right then and there for breaking into a house in Tennessee, in the middle of nowhere, Tennessee, is just astounding. So, right. 
But he breaks into the house, um, finds a kid there who is also, you know, begins on being a mechanic. And conventionally, he should be like, you know, more of a mentor figure, you know, teaching him how to do stuff. Instead, he's a dick. <laughs> and just yeah. pretty much yeah, is great. just like not not particularly nice to this kid. Like he's he's nice, he's not like abusive or mean or anything like that, but he like, he's not particularly a father figure. Um he like helps the kid out, the kid helps him out. He pretty much kind of uses the kid to get stuff and then like l- leaves uh for them pretty much leaves him alone after everything that's happened. And all the like all the quip and dialogue between those two is great. The kid does a really good job of it and he's a kid mm-hmm. but he's not like you know, like he's not it, the it, best kid actor I've ever seen, but he he still catches up with Tony. You know, he still yeah. stays pace with yeah. uh, with Robert Downey Jr. and stuff like that. Uh, and he's not the, written like uh, like an adult trying to imagine what a teenager would sound like, because there's always those cringy kids who are written like you know they're they're like too hip and rebellious, yo, like and it's or yeah. just like or they're written like adults. And it's we- just as weird because, like, you have to find that fine line between, like, yes, they're kind of rebellious, but at the same time, they're not idiots. Like, and it's just the kid, it's mostly the script about this kid that works. Um, the actors, the kid actor's fine. Like, yeah, like you said. Yeah. But it's that, like, little back and forth of, like, you know, he's still a kid and he's kind of dumb at times, but at the same time, he's not, he's smart and, like, right. can actually, is actually able to keep he- up with Tony Stark and, like, not only just witty wise, but, like, when he's talking about like mechanical stuff, he's like, okay, uh, yeah, he can do that, which is a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah, he's on his way to be a genius like Tony Stark. Yeah. I, I, maybe not genius, but he's on his way to to uh, getting into that world. So, right, uh, it, it's cool to see that and to see Tony with a, a somewhat protege, and I think he likes the kid because it reminds him uh, of his own relationship with his father and stuff like that, and. Yeah, I mean, he, he, like, leaves the kid all, like, a bunch of, like, you know, like, expensive technology, went back and, like, gave him, like, you know, like, a new yeah. car, and, like, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in mechanical stuff. He clearly, like, likes yeah, the he kid. Like, and yeah, it, he likes the kid, so. And it will make sense when Iron Man, I guess, spoilers for the other movies, um, but when Iron Man starts mentoring Spider-Man, it kind of makes a little more sense now. It's yeah. not as out of the blue. It's like, oh, he's kind of had a taste of that before. And again, there's still that weird relationship where he's like kind of a father figure, but he he really doesn't want to be like a father right. at all. He just wants all the benefits without any of the negative parts. Really, sure. um, doesn't but, like the idea of of hugging Peter Parker. You know, he's just yeah. trying to get to the car. Yeah, it's uh, like car things door. like that. So it makes yeah. more sense if you watch all these movies, and then yeah. so when that moment happens, it makes you're more like, sense. Oh. It's consistent. You know. Yes. So my third thing is that this movie uh, really tested Tony. In the whole movie, I think this movie does a great job of showing what Tony's worth, uh, what he's made of, and and getting rid of his house, getting rid of Jarvis, getting him away from uh, uh, Pepper, uh, his bodyguard Happy. Um, he's without the suit for a large majority of this movie, and he's suffering panic attacks, and everything could possibly go wrong. I think. Uh, watching that and watching him come out on top still is exactly what stories are made of and what a lot of these movies are lacking. Uh, we'll get to things later. Thor Ragnarok has a similar uh, uh, arc of him losing everything, uh, but we'll see you know, how that goes and how that handles the story versus this one. But this story uh, handles it in a way that makes a ton of sense and... Uh, really test to- uh, Tony by the end of the thing. He's he's 
a a changed man in some regards by the end of this movie. Yeah, this movie does an incredibly good job of just taking all that Tony Stark had because like he was he, he was almost riding too high, if that makes any sense. By like even by oh, yeah. two never really tested him. Like one tested him because, you know, it's like, you know, his origin story. He came from like not nothing, but he wasn't Iron Man and like you know, and then Iron Man, like, the Avengers was, like, the height of, like, he's the guy who saved the entire world from, you know, aliens, like, and it just pretty much just takes us, like, we're just gonna drag him as much as possible, like, in a, just the meanest way, yeah. uh, which is perfect. And some of it's it, it was great like, pacing. He loses everything by the end of Act 1. Like, great pacing. And the beautiful pacing. thing is, some of it's, a, a good chunk of it's self-inflicted. That's oh, yeah. the best oh, yeah. part. He does uh, this from to his own hubris. His own how... hubris, his own like anxiety, his own problems, his lack of uh, unable to show his emotions. Which, like, yes, that all that stuff combined, which is well, the majority of all of his fault. And so when he gets, you don't, you still feel sympathetic for him, but at the same time, that gives you so much more room to grow. Instead of like, right. like yeah, some of these other movies, you know, they start off too good, and then well, how do you grow from? already being good like if you don't have any lessons to learn then what's the movie going to be about like sure you, you don't have anything sure. um and and i like the theme of taking taking away tony stark away from the iron man suit to make you remember that the iron man suit is not what's cool about tony stark yeah. tony stark is yeah. what you like about tony stark i have a friend who does not like this movie and i asked him why it was not the usual controversial reasons like i hate the mandarin or i hate the kid it was I, I, he's never in the suit. I was like, well, yeah, yeah you've got a point because this movie isn't Iron Man. This movie is Tony right. Stark 3. It's really what right. this movie is. So once all that Iron Man stuff's gone, you're left with an interesting character, which is so much better than a dude in a metal suit. And that's the, and this may be controversial. It's been a while since we talked about this, but that's exactly the same reason why I like uh, Dark Knight Rises. And that seems to be be a big controversial point. It's just like he's not in the bat suit enough, and it's like, well, duh, because it's all about Bruce. It, yeah. The, the whole trilogy has been all about Bruce. So, um, and that movie also really tested Bruce for what he's worth. Um, I will say, um, in general, I like Dark Knight Rises more than this movie. I think this movie does a better job of uh, getting rid of all of Tony Stark's stuff in a believable manner. Yep. Yeah, so. I, I like this one more than Dark Knight Rises, but it's it, it's not that's a bad movie. But yeah, this one does a really good job of it. And it's all in one fell swoop, too, which works so much better. It's like huge event instead of like systematically over time, which would, you know, take too long of the movie and then it just wouldn't mm -hmm. work out as well. It's this just, just like Tony Stark did something boom, stupid boom. and now the world, like the universe just like, you know, smacked him in the face for it. And now he's got to build himself back up from nothing. Right. Uh, so, yep, that worked I, out really I, well. I will say uh, about the mystery point, like, I'm really pissed when I first watched this movie and Tony Stark's doing more detective work than than Batman and a lot of these things. <laughs> I, 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 it's just, so, I, uh, so your goods? On to my goods. Um, I, I love the fact, I don't mean love as in, like, like PTSD is a good thing, uh, but I like that <laughs> we're... I, I'm not going to be an advocate for have people having PTSD, but when my fictional characters have PTSD, I can kind of enjoy it. Um, it's a it's a real world issue that, you know, is logical that Tony Stark has seen things that nobody has else has seen, and then he almost died in a wormhole holding a nuke, and right. he's just a person. He's fighting with all these other people who have had training and years of doing this, um, 
and he is not that. He is a guy, yeah. he is somebody in a metal can, and it is logical that he is terrified of everything. So it makes sense why he would have PTSD. Um, it, it's even been hinted at in the first two movies a little bit. Um, people kind of talk about him having it after, you know, he comes back in the terrace cell and all that other stuff. That he's it, It's never like a big plot point, but it's kind of mentioned. So it's nice seeing that come to fruition of like, yep, he has it. And this guy who like looks so good on the surface and, you know, is like the definition of like calm, cool, collected and like witty and always like mentally there is not. It's it's great. So I like yes. the character having that. Um, I This will kind of go into bad, but I wish they had kept it going a little bit more. But yeah, within the movie. There. I mean, there hasn't yeah. been a, a Iron Man movie that focused right on Iron Man. But I think you could have added elements of that into uh, Civil War. You could have added that into the second Avengers movie. Maybe a, a little bit into Spider-Man, but not really. Uh, we get it a little bit, um, like him. We'll get into those movies. That that paranoia kind of continues as a character, and it's part yes. of him. Uh, yes, that paranoia but it, it doesn't come happening. back in, in a big, significant way like this. Right. Was. It kind of gets wrapped Down up point. really easily really easily in this one which is a oh, little sure. bit too bad but it's also a movie so it's fine right um right. Uh, i love the action in this movie it's a lot more interesting than the first two in and out of the suit but especially out of the suit it's way more fun because then the movie I has love to be of that scene of him sneaking into the mansion yeah it's so it's cool so... he has like these because he, he doesn't have the suit and essentially the kid, um, when he, after he finds a kid and he's having his like big panic attack, the last panic attack he has, the kid's like, you're a mechanic, right? And Tony yeah. Stark's like, yeah. And he's like, okay, so then find a way to fix this, like build right. something. And he's like, oh, duh, I forgot I'm a master, I'm like a master <laughs> inventor. Oh my God. I forgot I'm uh, Iron Man. I was like, wait a second. I forgot I built an Iron Man suit. What? So he like builds like this homemade things and like gets a bunch of fertilizer and builds like mini bobs and like, mm-hmm. like it gets like a puts like essentially a, a like electric grill on top of a glove and it hits people with that and like it builds a little hand taser he sets up like you know like explosives like little christmas ornaments it's great all these like inventive weird homemade DUI like a like a high-powered nail gun like it's fun that he does that or like when he's in tennessee and has to fight the people in the kitchen he like outsmarts this bad guy by basically like using a microwave and with metal inside of it and then like you know by blowing like using like weird handhold items like that it's so much fun because with the iron man suit you can be lazy and just hit be like oh man it's cool because he's in an iron man suit he's beating people up whereas like you know here he doesn't have the suit so therefore he has to be inventive and come up with a real way because he doesn't have any sort of strength right if somebody he punches somebody in the iron man suit you can be like oh the suit's super strong that's how he wins but he's just a person he can't punch anybody and really do any Ser- truly like serious damage or like take out like an army of people by just like beating them up like captain america can so it's fun with that and even with the suit if the suit purposely is limited on like you know when he's like escaping the mansion right he only gets parts of the suit he gets like one gauntlet and one like boot so he can only like, sort of fly and sort of shoot with it but not really like the movie does a good job of restricting him even when he has the suit to make it more difficult which makes it therefore more interesting yeah um, so i like that uh so that's like um i think my fit i love the mandarin twist and that idea of somebody is weaponizing terrorism it's such a good foil to tony stark of this is this is what obadiah stain would have done 
This is if you yes. had the true opposite of Tony Stark would be not just creating weapons, but creating the self-perpetuating cycle where you pretty much own the largest terror organization and the high, one of the highest, power, most powerful governments in the world to, A, give yourself autonomy so you don't have any regulations, and then also disguise your terrible actions under this cookie-cutter BS terrorist dude who is so vague and dumb that, like, he could be anybody or anything. And, like, so if you tried to track him, how would you do it? Like... None of the things he talks about are, like, any sort of generalized anything. They're just lessons, which is all a cover for, you know, when people of this part of the extremist program that it's supposed to be heal limbs blow up, and they just blame this fake terrorist for doing it, and it's great. I love that idea. It's so much fun. And the twist of the Mandarin not... The Mandarin in the TV show just being an actor um, and getting a really high-class actor to do it, and then just have him be, like, this you know, going from, like, this, like, portraying this, like, big, like, uber-terrorist to being this drunk British, like, stage actor who just got on drugs. Uh, it's a fun idea. And I know some people are mad because they took the comics version of the Mandarin and changed him, but, guys, that was literally never going to happen on film. Ever. Right. Just, just calm down. Especially when China is such a big, uh... Yeah, asset to to these movies and uh, uh bringing in all the money like they're they can't yeah, they can't gonna make represent china. china that way and what was basically a fu manchu racist stereotype right yeah and it was yeah pretty much and like he was a guy who found 10 alien rings and then used that to kill like white people which one's already kind of like we've established like yes aliens exist but it happened like a few times it's not like they're just gonna leave stuff behind and then two, it's also a much better parable for, you know, communism versus capitalism, which we don't want to do anymore because that doesn't make sense in this universe. And three, it's stupid. I'm sorry. It's just dumb. Like, and this is an adaptation. It's not like this movie scrubbed every single Mandarin comic from existence. Whatever. I don't care. It's its its own thing. This twist is fun. I like it. The only problem I have with the Mandarin twist is... So we have the fake character. We have we reveal that Guy Pierce is the, his character, his business character, who's Tony Stark's foil in this movie, is the one who's behind all of it. And at one point, he randomly like at the very final battle, he goes like, "You're looking for the Mandarin. I am the Mandarin." And it's like, no, what are you talking about? Like that's it. it just it's just sort of weird line that doesn't make any sense because we've established that this character is like doesn't exist. Yes, uh-huh. Guy Pierce's character is the puppet master, but the Mandarin is just like some fake name that he just gave to this like this actor. Like, run with it, whatever. I I don't care. It just kind of feels odd. That's like this big reveal. Is like, oh man, no, don't check it out, dude. I was the Mandarin. It's like, no, you weren't. Like you, that that's a fictional character. That that in this even in this fictional movie, that's a fictional character that was just used to like sell ideas. So. Right. Other than that, I, I yeah. will I will defend that a little bit, um, because excuse my ignorance, but doesn't uh, the Mandarin more or less have the same kind of powers that Guy Pierce uh, was possessing? Like he was acting like a dry, dragon by uh, fire breathing, and that's kind of what the Mandarin's uh, alien powers were were representing, right? Like the dragonness. I honestly don't know. I'm okay. sorry. I've never actually read any comics. I, which... I, the, to my understanding, like right after we saw Iron Man three, we like looked it up on Wikipedia and that's, uh, that's what I was saying. Like he was like Guy Pierce's character 
was a combination of a couple different uh, villains, uh, one of which uh, being the actual Mandarin. Um, so, Maybe, but it's just kind so of seems weird ways, that he's... It is kind of weird, but it also makes sense. It's just like, if you want the Mandarin, like, I'm here, I'm the Mandarin, you know, because yeah, I mean, if you're look, I guess, he is yeah, the like puppet that... manser. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I guess Maybe... it's like, if you're looking for the bad guy, I am it, but like, Tony Stark knew that already. Like, yeah, that he, that he, is odd. I, I, and that kind of trend. Were you done with the three points? Yes, because that kind of transitions into one of the, the my bads. Is that even though I like the fact that this was kind of treated like a mystery, uh, excuse me, the bads. Even though this was kind of treated like a mystery, um, it, it's they. I feel like they showed off their hand a little too quick. With the fact that Guy Pierce uh, was involved and and was the yeah, main, they I feel like they never they revealed the that too. He's yeah. never not the villain either. It's yeah, just like, you're you're okay. right. I I am two minds of this because because in some ways, as soon as you see him interact with Pepper, you like okay, yeah, he's the bad guy. Oh, sorry, even before that, I forgot. Uh, the there was a whole uh prologue. It's just like yeah, as soon as you see. Tony uh, ditch him on the rooftop. It's just like, I, duh, he's gonna be the bad guy. But like, I don't know. I I I, don't, I honestly don't know how else to fix it other than um, uh, maybe making him more sympathetic. And you think that maybe um, the Mandarin's using him, or maybe you think yeah, um, yeah, like yeah, something something some like that debilitating health problem that he's now fixed on. Yeah, like, you know, you had that, and like you could have been like, well, he's using him, and once we've established too that it's like an addictive thing you have to keep taking, then yeah. you could have played it up of like, yeah, he's like, you know, he's helping me. Could have been some line was like, yep, he's helping me get better, or some oh, line yeah. like that. that, and then like, boom, we've established the fact that like, you know, this extremist is used to help people, but you know, it keeps going too far, which is mentioned in the movie, but it's never truly played out and we'll i'll get into that as my bads but go ahead yeah. with your other two I, I mean i really don't have um anything listed out and it's not because uh i don't think this movie has uh any bads or anything like that but there really isn't like a big nitpick for me about this movie um um all right so is that yours i i guess uh, okay i it's I, fine. I, I i feel like rebecca hall uh she's one of my favorite actresses and she might be a little not memorable in this. Like, I'm not sure what her grand scheme and the whole plot was really about. And Beautiful, because wish... that is my segue to my first bad. Okay, my cool. Hands just do it. So Rebecca Hall's character does nothing in this movie. Okay. Uh, she she just doesn't do much of anything, and it's disappointing because she's a good actress, and that plot had more detail to it. And here's the post-production. This is even, like, the tin ha- tinfoil hat moment where I try and, like, make conjecture. This straight-up happened. Uh, so we've, I've talked in other podcasts about a guy named Ike Pirumelter, who is the man who owned a company called Toy Biz that bought Marvel out when it was about to be in bankruptcy and completely legitimately saved Marvel, um, did a bunch of good shrewd business plans. Um, and part of that was selling out the Marvel rights to movies, which they didn't have any framework for making movies anyways. So it's only becoming a problem now because, you know, now they're big and they're trying to buy them back, but Without him, they would not be a company. However, his shrewd business plans and very backwards thinking has caused a lot of problems. 
Kevin Feige almost legitimately left, partially because of this movie. The early scripting had Maya Hansen be the villain, the the villain, um, and would last, or one of a much bigger villain that would last until the end. Which, when you look at the plot, makes sense. Guy Pearce is a good foil to Iron Man, but Maya Hansen and is a much better foil to Tony Stark as he is at the moment, right? Obsessively trying to make something work that clearly isn't and is putting personal and ethical things kind of in, in a rough state, right? Tony Stark is basically trying to like make as many Iron Man suits as possible and thus ruin his personal life. Maya Hansen wants her, the extremist to work, even though the side effects are literally blowing people up. They're chasing something that they shouldn't be chasing. And it works so much better as a villain for Tony Stark. Yeah, but, that should but, be a better villain. Yes, but when the, everybody brought it to the table, Ike Pio said no. Um, he has a he at that time he had a group of people who were like the Korea consultants, and some of them were legitimately good, but so were toy people who you know the people who were distributing toys who told Ike Pio or Ike Pio came up with the self of women don't sell toys, so they oh. scrapped her. Um, wow. because she, as a villain, would not sell toys. Oh. Uh, that's why Rebecca Hansen signed on for this role, because she thought she was going to have a bigger part and didn't. That is not anybody who made this movie fault, but that is why she's so cut, and that's why it's terrible. Uh, is is it is, terrible, though? Like, it was something that I didn't really, you know, register, and now that you say that story, it'd be better, but, like, I, I wouldn't say it's terrible that no, she, no, no, her no. character it, it, in this movie... It's just, it's just she's... The situation... The situation's terrible, and it's it's just too bad because that could have, I think it would have been better if she had a role. Other because right now she's they once you once you lay that out, that makes so much more sense. But what, to have yeah. her and and Guy Pierce be equal, or have her be even more so? Yes, um, or have they, her last longer, or do more. Um, but something, the way just something just more. Kind of, Rebecca Hall, come on. Yeah. Either that, or this sounds terrible, but either that, or you cut her and have Guy Pierce's character be the villain. Um, yeah. This wishy-washy middle ground is just not good. Yeah. So that was a weird. That was a weird turn of her trying to save Stark again out of uh, nowhere. Yeah. Of it. It's just, it just it, it just didn't seem like she did enough. Or if you were gonna go that way, just have her go like all the way. Maybe she sacrifices herself at the yeah, end. Yeah, I think of... she was supposed to last until that point, or like towards that, the that very would, end. That would not, make more sense not, to me. Not just getting shot in the middle of a scene out of nowhere. Like, yeah, I don't think yeah. they even like wrote her a death, and she says like, "Can you please at least give me something?" The the third the final battle is kind of odd to me. Because one, where it's all Iron Man suits again, which is fine, even though the movie's established not Iron Man suits, but it's more odd because it's almost like glorifying Tony Stark's obsession with making suits, and it kind of takes a little bit away of that, this was an obsessive-compulsive habit that is not good. It was ruining his personal life, um, and it was feeding into that anxiety that he has of, he has to have a suit for literally every single purpose ever, whether it was feasible or not. Um, so he just created, you know, like f- almost 40 specialized suits out of nowhere. So it no, kind 42. Of... They made, he made 42 specialized suits. No, no, he made 42 total. Um, the first, I think, Mark, like, seven or eight was in Avengers. So, like, he had a few before that. Oh, okay, um, so he almost made 40 after. Okay, yeah, he I almost you. made, he, he made at least 30 uh, just for, like, after uh, Avengers. suits. After yeah. Avengers, yeah. yeah so okay. he made a large amount of them, the vast majority of them. 
um, because it's feeding into that anxiety problem of he feels like he has to have the suit at all times, um, which feeds into that PTSD problem. So it's almost like it glorifies the fact and like, oh, thank God he had this obsessive compulsive problem. Otherwise, he would have never won the day, you know, by having 40 some suits to spare. So it's just this weird problem of like it, it kind of messes with the ending of we're taking away from the fact that Tony Stark is Tony Stark is the hero um, by making this into, well, thank God he had suits because he's Iron Man. Like, and instead of having some way of not having that big battle that I felt like almost was more of like a line they needed to cross off in like, you know, a screenplay of like, well, all these movies got to end with the big battle. So here's this one. Um, it just, I, it feels I, I, odd I, to that's me. That's an interesting reading. I'm not sure if I agree with that. Because I feel like, in some ways, it's just like um, uh, sometimes you have to play with the uh, with the cards you're dealt, right? And right, and you take a bad thing and you turn it into a good thing. I don't know if it's so much a, a thank God he was obsessive and compulsive and did all these things. I think it's like more of a well, he did it, and you might as well make use of it and use the tools that you're that you have in order to defeat the bad guy. And you yeah. have the advantages that you have. I can, and, and, I can, and this way, you get to have your cake and eat it, too, because you get to see a lot of Iron Man suits. It just happens at the end. Um, and, yeah. then, and, and then and then you a, exploded it all. Uh, you exploded them all at the end to, to represent the ending of that grief. And, yeah, maybe it's too easy of an answer. But this is a summer blockbuster, and it's cool to see that spectacle of of all the shoot of the suits blowing up, uh, looking like fireworks. Uh, yeah, and it's and a cu- cool, beautiful. It's imagery. a cool battle, and for yeah. sure, uh, it just feels an odd one to the end of this movie. That would have been more of like an Iron Man two ending. Um, yeah. when oh, he yeah. had all, that, that should have been, been the ending to Iron that, Man two. That would have been so, that yeah. When been so like, much better. When making the suit was a glorified <laughs> awesome thing, uh, as opposed yeah. to this one where it's tree is something obsessive. And even like sure. it could have been Rhodey could have been like, why do you have this many suits? Like it, that's all it could have been. Which um, I forgot to say something good, but Don Cheadle finally gets to do stuff in this movie, and it's yes, great. he's very important with so everything going good. on, and he, it's and he, it's he really looks like he's having fun. Um, someone oh, took yeah. the giant stick out of his butt that was in the second one, uh, and now he finally gets to like move around like a real person, which is just great. Yeah. Um, so that it, it's just a little bit odd to me, and I can see where you're coming from. Um, and yeah, it's it's not a it's still a cool bell, but at times it just kind of wars with that idea, and it bugs me. It's not a huge complaint, but it bugs yeah. me a little bit. Um, my final one is a petty one, admittedly. the <laughs> The Mark Forty Two suit is so ugly. I just cannot <laughs> stand it. It is hideous. Oh, I don't know. Like, it was really cool because the last few suits have had, like, this really cool um, red with gold trim, like the classic Iron Man suits. And they almost kind of went away from it in the second one. And then in Avengers, Joss Whedon's like, nope, that needs to be the suit. Like, that, it needs to be that red and gold. And they went away from it in this one with this, like, off white yellow cream color and it just yeah looks, it's a weird it's a weird looking suit it looks so bad and it's just like why is this the suit it's like uh, okay but again that's yeah. petty um it's, it's petty still... and to me it felt like i don't know it felt like it just was uh tamer just because it was a suit that was split up into different pieces you know yeah and it just it, it was like treat like but the i suppose it still could have been red yeah 
It was treated like the end all be all suit, which is also part of the problem. It was just oh, like yeah. another suit. Sure. It was just like okay, so we have this ugly suit that's like the end all be all suit. And like <laughs> I was like, watching, why there, like, this one? Yeah, I was like, please not this one. Like go back, which they do. They end up going backwards and like fixing it. But it's just like oh, when why? when is the next time we see Iron Man? We see him in Avengers two. That's the next time. That's the next time. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, it's, a, it's this, a little while this, until we see a good suit yeah, again. This is his last movie, and he's a huge supporting role in all like some of the other movies, but he never gets this his kind of His own movie screen. again, yeah. His own movie again, which is, I'm fine with. This one I'm was fine so too. This one, good. This one sent it off into me, and yeah. I think, although I don't like the second movie, I think it, all three of them together work as a coherent trilogy yep. of so his story arc and, and the word. Beginning, middle, and end. Uh, Tony Stark realizes he can become Iron Man, and this, and then you know, second one's about the troubles of being Iron Man and Tony Stark, and this one ends with, uh, you know, essentially Iron Man remembering the fact that he's actually Tony Stark, and that Tony Stark is the cool, yeah. awesome, interesting character. Which it yeah. bugs me that they didn't say I am Tony Stark at the end. He said I am Iron Man. It's like oh, but that's kind of the, yeah. You're um, right. That kind of wasn't the uh, point in the movie that, that, that kind like, of undermines itself, doesn't it? Yeah, the point of it was just like no, you're Tony Stark. That's why you threw your like you know the chest thing into the ocean and you like you know got your heart fixed like you should have ten years ago and like all this other stuff. So sure, um, it it undermines it a little bit, but I mean the sentiment's still there. He's he this movie's yeah. about him remembering the fact that he's Tony Stark. It does that well. Yeah. Oh. Well, uh... I think that's pretty much everything uh, on that note. So let's just go right into the rating. So to remind everybody, uh, one star means you hated it. Two stars means you didn't like it. Three stars means you liked it okay. Four stars means you really liked it. And five stars means you loved it. It's one of your favorites. So Potabom, where do you rate Iron Man 3 semicolon the third one? (laughs) Beautiful title. Um, (laughs) I think... I would say 4.25. Okay. Uh, it's the most coherent of, like, the most, it's the most solid of the Iron Man movies, which, given the production history of the first two, kind of makes sense why it is. Um, but it's it's got that little extra bit of, and I think it's got this extra bit of, it actually tries to do something unique and fun and actually build the character, which we'll get into these movies, but some of them just don't try that, and it's frustrating. So this is... This is the nice one of, it's established that we can do standalone movies that don't require the Avengers and we'll still go to see them and they can still be relevant and cool while at the same time it actually uh, dares to drag its character through the mud and just like, just horribly and have him build himself up so he actually learns something by the end of it. He's actually a different person from when he started at the end and it's great. I love when these movies actually get to do that. All my favorite, uh, the Marvel movies you'll find are all pretty much almost all movies that do that. So right. 4.25. I, I think if I were to review this movie objectively, I'd give it a four out of five for the reasons you just said. I, I really respect this movie for going out for those big uh, moments and shock values and uh, actually having it being about something and letting it stand alone and breathe by itself and really testing Tony. Um, but at the same time, I've never gone out to buy this movie, and I still probably won't. Um, I liked it. I, I I really do like this movie, but I'm not sure if I really like it out of four. So I'm going to give it a 3.5 out of five. Uh, it's definitely one of the best standalone movies. 
and uh, one of my favorite Marvel movies in general, uh, but uh, or MCU movies in general. Uh, but I'm not sure if I absolutely love this movie or, or really like this movie enough to to stand it right next to um, some of the other ones. I I don't know. Maybe maybe this rating will change in a while. Uh, I have I did have the bad opportunity of not writing down my feelings after uh, watching the movie uh, this morning or today while I was at work. Uh, like I normally did for the other movies. So maybe if I broke it down, it's like, oh yeah, it really is a three out of, or a four out of five. Uh, See, but for, for I, right now, for right now, I'm giving it, I'm just leaving it at 3.5. I wrote it out as a four out of five on my notes, but like the more we talk about it, the more like, cause I was almost ambivalent watching this movie. Cause I'd seen enough times. I was like, well, okay, it was solid. But like the more we talked about it, the more like, no, that was legitimately a good movie. Yeah, it's a legitimately um, a, a, a yeah, good movie. Like so, I'm saying, objectively, I'd give this a four out of five. But it's I don't know what it, about it is just like it's it's not something that I I want to go out and see all the time though. You know, that's fair. Yeah, yeah I feel like I, I really like it. it. Has to be something that's just like, um, oh, I'm gonna go buy this finally, and and yeah, uh, maybe I will if I see it for really cheap. Not maybe. I I will if I have the money. I I'd probably buy this on Blu-ray, uh, but it's just, it's not it's not one I'm gonna go seek out. I don't think. Yeah, and four point two five might be generous for me, but I, I yeah. just feel like being generous to this movie. It's yeah. earned it. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. I I I really wish that the standalone movies would have taken this lead and kept going this direction. Yeah. Agreed. This is, some some this will is where and it some won't. To be. Some will and some won't. We'll get into those. But yeah, I totally agree. This so. should have been the template on which you base your movies on, which is doing unique, fun ideas with these characters instead of trying to make them the exact same characters that they were in the other movies. Next week, folks, we'll have Black Panther for you. Yes, we're going to watch... Uh, it's not chronologically involved at all with the movies. It is the last one before Avengers 3. Uh, but we want to go see it anyways. It'll be fun to go see a movie in theaters. So just yes. if you're listening to this one and you want to go chronologically, Black Panther will be last. But too bad. We, we want to go see Black Panther. So we're going to see it. Okay. Well, I've been Kirk Peterson. And I'm still Alex Bonnebaum. And we'll see you next week for Black Panther. Meow. Meow. Excelsior. Excelsi meow. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Should that not be the sign off? <laughs> you can't be the can't be Excelsi meow. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> That's so dumb. <laughs> do it. No, no, no. Do it. And also do this whole stupidity. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, See you, you next week, this. folks. <laughs> Excels meow. <laughs> <laughs>
Thank you, True Believer, for listening.